0: Worldwide. it Come on, y'all. Let's taking Take it over, baby. Freestyle. Miss J in the morning. Miss J,
1: Miss J, Miss J in the morning. Miss J, Miss J, Miss J in the morning.
2: Hey, hey lady. It's March, which means it's officially Women's History Month, or like, we like to call it National Her Story Month. Now, Women's History Month has had its origin as a national celebration in, guess what, the 1980s. I know, right? Uh, 1981, to be exact, when Congress passed... A bill which authorized and requested the president to proclaim the week beginning March 7th in 1982 as Women's History Week. Throughout the next five years, Congress continued to pass joint resolutions designating a week in March as Women's History Week. Finally, in 1987, after being petitioned by the National Women's History Project, Congress passed... Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Pub L100-9, y'all look that up on your own, which designated the month of March as Women's History Month. Between 1988 and 1994, Congress passed additional resolutions requesting and authorizing the president to proclaim March of each year as Women's History Month. Since 1995, presidents have issued a series of annual proclamation designating the month of March as Women's History Month. These proclamations celebrate the contributions of women in the United States and recognize the specific achievements women have made over the course of American history in a variety of fields This month we are celebrating all things pumps. Pumps for Women, Inc., our sponsoring organization right here on Pumps Radio is focused on the purpose the uplifting, the mentoring, the positivity and the sisterhood women need to thrive this month is one of the most exciting months of the year and I'm thankful to bring it right here on Ms. J in the morning so tune in for new episodes Monday through Friday you can listen 24-7 on your favorite podcast app anywhere in the world we are going to do all music, all events all trivia, all interviews everything surrounding women all march 31 days of amazing female power make sure to keep it locked right here on miss j in the morning and visit our website pumps for women org Pumps Radio, thank you. Thank you to all the women, past, present, and even future generations for your contribution to our success. Happy National Women's History Month from Miss J in the morning.
3: Too much on my mind Too much on my mind Too much on my Here I am thinking again All lost in my brain When I know I should get up and get out of it. I gotta keep moving But here I am lost all up inside my brain Can't stop thinking, reminiscing Can't stop, can't let go. Oh oh, oh. But when I wake up And one day I will do it, yeah, 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 yeah. I have let you go And everything I went through was beautiful let you go, and everything I went through was beautiful, maybe I right now can't see the forest full of trees, so lost behind her, but I'm trying every day exponentially, I went through will be beautiful. when I wake up and I will wake up. Hey, it's gonna be beautiful. Down to my left side, feeling like I could fly like all day up high. high. Than the sugar on a cinnamon treat Or an ice cream That was me But I'm feeling like I'm in a nightmare Fear of loving somebody everywhere Oh Lord, I need this confirmation This affirmation That when I wake up when I wake up, everything I went through will be beautiful. When I wake up, everything I went through will be beautiful. Gotta wake up, gotta wake up, gotta wake up.
2: of Miss J in the morning, continuing to celebrate her story month, sponsored by Pumps for Women, Inc. The entire month of March, all music, all interviews, all discussions, all events surrounding the positive contributions of women here in America. Today's episode features an exclusive interview with none other than America's favorite homegirl, Tiffany Haddish. This interview was posted by Vlad TV. Comedian Lou Nell interviews Tiffany Haddish talking about shaving her head, uh, Drake standing her up for a date, joining Scientology and the truth about who she is as a rising star. I want you guys to stay tuned and listen not only to a woman who is achieving her dreams, but women Black women coming together to discuss the truths of being not only black, but a woman in the entertainment industry. Of course, Tiffany Haddish brings her humor and also some great back in stories about moments in her career that we all laughed at and loved. Lunell does not hold back any questions and get right to the truth and answer some questions that even I have been thinking about. Overall, this interview sheds a major light on the truth of being a woman and what that means for someone who finally got what she's been working so hard for and sacrificing for. Tiffany Haddish, America's favorite homegirl, is who we honor today on Ms. J in the Morning.
4: Tiffany Luna. hi, Tiff. Hey, I'm really glad you're here. We are the first female duo to do interviews for Vlad, but that's what it's that's what I'm talking about The female empowerment thing. lady <laughs> Thank you for coming out in the midst of this pandemic and this race war and everything else that we got Girl. going on mm-hmm. um i I know that you have uh, done many, many interviews. And I know that um, you told your background story many, many times. So, uh, but for the Vlad audience, they don't know a lot of stuff. We'll just start by let them know like where you come from, where you where you was raised, and all that kind of stuff. So, I come from South Central Los Angeles, yeah, yeah, that part, Mm
5: -hmm. and uh, I was raised all over uh, South Central, and I was in Pomona for a little bit, Colton. Back in L.A., El Monte, all kind of places, my oh, like all over. Yeah, all oh. over the lower part of Cali because mm-hmm. um, uh, I was in foster care and moved around a little. And um, and after uh, getting into the Laugh Factory comedy camp, I really started like doing comedy on a regular basis. But your
4: roots are from Eritrea. Oh, my father's right? from
5: Eritrea. Eritrea. Yeah, Is yeah.
4: that how you say it? I, that's Eritrea. how I say it, Eritrea. Oh, okay. Eritrean.
5: Uh, Eritrean, whatever. Okay. Eritrean. Eritrean
4: from Eritrea.
5: Eritrea. Eritrea. Okay. I, mean, it, I guess it depends on who's saying it. Mm-hmm. I know where it's at.
4: Been Could there. You, but between you and Nip, you really put it on the map. You wore the flag colors when you went to which award was show? To, was the
5: Emmy, to the Emmys, I yeah. wore a dress to represent Eritrea, even though the LGBTQ, ABCD, EFG community Stop thought it was for them. them. <laughs> and, you know, if they want to claim it, cool. That's but fine. what it was for was for my father's country. I'm mm. always trying to represent my people, my ancestors the best way possible.
4: Have you been there?
5: Been there twice. Really? I'm looking forward to going back again when all this stuff comes down. Uh, it's very beautiful place. There's so much like history and soul there, and just the people are beautiful and yeah. kind and humble. And I, um, I'm pretty sure that's part of my inheritance. Now is
4: Eritrea? Eritrea is it like Ethiopia? Like the people look the same? Well, from... it
5: was all one whole thing at mm-hmm. one point in time. Um, and Ethiopia and Eritrea was one country at one point in time, and there's. I believe 9 to 10 maybe 12 different tribes. Um they're both the same kind of tribes. They are very much cousins. Uh but there was a war that broke out uh over 30 years ago now that um where Eritrea fought for its independence. Mm-hmm. Which they got. And they got it. They got it.
4: Um what was it like when you when you went back there?
5: It was the most wonderful experience. First of all, it Who'd was you a go with I went, with, um, I went with my cousin, who is Eritrean, and her son. And I went with my best friend, Selena, and her husband. And my makeup artist and my hairstylist decided to tag along, too. And it was uh, when I first got off the airplane, the air was so fresh. Mm-hmm. I hadn't smelled air like that ever. So fresh, well, not, so clean. Surely not in L.A. It, not in L.A., <laughs> ever. And then when I... You know, stepped out into of the airport, and like my whole family was out there. People I've never met, we've I'm heard sure about you each cried other. because
4: we know you're a crier. Well, <laughs> I am a <laughs>
5: crier. But they, um, they were like, you know, they were like, welcoming me, and the just the energy and the way, like, I standing on the, I'm standing on the motherland where my father is from, like my whole soul felt complete. It felt like oh, wow, this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to come here. And it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. The food was so good. Like, just so fresh. Peaches taste like peaches. Mm-hmm. Like, and the watermelon has seeds. It was yeah. delicious. And I ate pineapple and didn't have an allergic reaction. I'm allergic to pineapples. Oh. And I didn't have any allergic reaction. And I'm like, what, what, is, what are you guys using on your food? And they're like, we just grow it. We don't put anything on our right. food. We just
4: grow it. Natural. I felt that way when I went to Seychelles, Africa. Uh huh. Like to land in the motherland to see everybody of African descent. You know, the hotel manager, right. the tourism people, the waiters, the everybody, the cooks, the everybody. It was. It's really something. I suggest everybody try to go.
5: Right? Everybody should try and go. Everybody should just. Find out where you come from and just go there. Even if you don't know nobody, just go. Experience it. Because to see people, like I saw people that look like me with fingernails shaped all weird like mine. Feet that look a little funny like mine. And like, it was like, wow, okay. And then my auntie, my great auntie, she's like this, like, she's like, just like me. And I'm like,
4: where where have you been all my life? She's quirky. like, here, here, I've been here. Yeah. That's a, that's a far cry from South Central. Mm, Very far. Very far. Mm-hmm, over 8,000 mm-hmm. miles. So you got sisters and brothers. Mm-hmm. Half sisters and brothers, but sisters and brothers. Yes. Two of each? Two sisters and two brothers,
5: yes. Mm-hmm. uh uh-huh, from my mother. And do they, do you, are you guys close? Uh, yeah. It, all of us are pretty close, except for one of my brothers. He's like, y'all can kiss my well, <laughs> ass.
4: There's always one.
5: But, but we love him regardless, yeah. you know. He's always welcome. And how is your mother these days? My mom is doing really good these days. You know, um, I pour a lot of my money into her yeah. and it is working. Uh, like she's getting her body together. She's a, She lost a bunch of weight since I got her out of the menstrual institution. Her diet, she was like full-blown diabetic. Now she's to pre-diabetic. Um, she might be not diabetic at all now. That would be amazing. Um, I got to check in with my sister. I haven't talked to her in like a month. Well, no, I talked to her two weeks ago. No, I was on the phone with her when I cut all my hair off. So.
4: Uh, yeah, we're going to get to that. <laughs> yeah, but- okay, so because um, you have a book yeah. that they can find out all this backstory this yeah. audio and regular book. Your book is called? Uh, Tiffany Haddish, The Last Black
5: Unicorn. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, I'm very proud of that book. It's on a New York's bestseller list for a while. Uh, the audio book got nominated for a Grammy. So that was kind of cool to be nominated for a Grammy for, sure. for reading out loud yeah. when I couldn't read at one point in time in my life when mm. I was in my teens. And that, that drama teacher grab me and say, you. you're going to learn how to read. And Why were you having a problem reading? Because I thought I was stupid. Um, I literally believed. Everybody would say to me, you're stupid. You're stupid. You're so stupid. You're so stupid. And I, at that point in time in my life, I took things literally. So if everybody's telling you you're stupid, my stepdad, my mom, everybody used to say, grandma, everybody would say, you're so stupid. So I believed mm-hmm. I was stupid. So I can't read. I can't do these things because I'm stupid. And then it turns out like once I turned 18, I realized (laughs) I was at work uh, working at the airlines and this girl's like, Girl, you so stupid. And at that point, I was, like, tired of people calling me stupid. I yeah. said, call me stupid again. I'll whoop your ass right here at this ticket counter. I don't give a damn.
4: <laughs> what airline and did you work for? <laughs> I
5: worked for a few airlines. At that time, I was working for Air New Zealand.
4: At, at LAX?
5: At LAX. And Tom Bradley. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. I think I've seen you in your little airline outfit before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very cute. Thank you. <laughs> very, Thank very you. cute.
5: Thank you. But, yeah, she's like, I wasn't saying you were stupid like them. I was saying you funny. And I was like... <gasps> For all these years that people been telling me I'm funny, but they didn't say funny. They just said, you stupid.
4: Mm-hmm. Like you're crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: And so I learned a lesson from that. But
4: yeah. And your father, Jewish? Yeah. Eritrean Jew. Yeah, Eritrean Jew. Mm-hmm. And you recently had a bat, bat mitzvah, mitzvah yes. Sarah Silverman's sister, um, yes. was the rabbi? Yes,
5: yes, was a Silverman. That's wild. Rabbi. Yes, she was my rabbi.
4: So the only other um, African-American Jewish person that I ever knew about was, of course, Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, but Drake is, too. Yeah. There's a few of us out here. Is Drake, Drake's Jewish, too? Yeah, Drake is Jewish. She had a bar mitzvah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about Drake and then. Okay. <laughs> So now you went through school and you bopped around and all this kind of stuff. And whatever started you getting into the arts? Um, Well, a boy. A boy
5: is right. what started it. A boy. When I was in junior high school uh, and I was getting bussed out to the valley. I lived in South Central, but I was getting bussed out to the valley, mm. which is like 40 miles away. And there was this boy who was so fine and he's black. His name was Adi. I talk about him in the book. And I just wanted, I wanted to be his girlfriend, right? So one of the girls in school, her name was Lerone. She was like, if you like Adi, you should get in drama. You funny and stuff. Like you should get in drama. You would be good in drama. So... I was like, Adi's in there? She's like, yeah. And then I was like, how many other black dudes in there? She was like, he the only one. I was like, bet. And I thought, if I get in drama, they're going to have to put us in a scene together. And we going to have to kiss. we going to have to be husband and wife, a girlfriend, boyfriend, something. But my that drama teacher was, you know, she was open-minded. You know, like, you know, she believed in, you know, mixing of the races, which I was like. Well, so that- you didn't end up with the never, boy? Never, never got Dang to kiss Gunner. him. Where is he now? Have he reached He's, out? He, You know, he came to my show at the Staples Center, Mm -hmm. and he came with his wife, and I used to give him these candy grams all the time. No, (laughs) no, 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 it's all good. He's still fine. He still looks very handsome, Mm -hmm. and I think he does, like, real estate or something like that now, but it was so funny. He came, and I was I wanted to see his teeth, like, because I used to buy him candy with the candy grams, like, every week, and I put Snickers in there and stuff, and I thought, like, man, I'm going to mess his teeth up, and then he going to have to be with me,
4: (laughs) and his teeth look really good. Well, that's good. Yeah. And he's married and is happily ever yeah. after.
5: Yeah. Yeah, he's doing good. I'm proud of him. I knew he was going to turn out good, too.
4: Okay, so now um, the foster care situation. Did you did you know I was adopted? No, I did not know you was adopted. Look. We'll talk. I was do- adopted within the family. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. We'll talk. We'll yeah, talk. we got to talk. So that wasn't always the most pleasant experience. Mm-mm. You want to talk about that a little bit?
5: I mean... I talk about it extensively in the book. It it was, you know, it was hard cuz it was after to, the
4: accident after my mom had accident. a
5: car accident, mm-hmm. Uh maybe like 3 years after. Uh and I was I was playing the role of mom to my brothers and sisters sure. and I obviously was not uh, prepared to be a mother at that point in time, but I tr- I did the best that I could. Well, you're still not
4: a mother, but you still a mentor a bunch of kids. Yeah, I still take I care was of with kids. you 2 weeks ago, 3 weeks ago. You were talking to those crazy kids on the phone. Yeah. Then where we went, there was a bunch of kids. Yeah. So, you know, you about ready, Tiffany.
5: Oh. oh. You about ready. Uh, One two I think I'm going to adopt. I'll probably adopt a bunch of kids. I'll it probably does. do like Josephine Baker and get me like, you know, a rainbow tribe. Give me a little white baby, yeah. a little black baby, a Spanish baby, an Asian baby, and raise them all to be strong black women. Oh, baby. Angelina and, Jolie, too. Oh, yeah, Angelina. mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, but she gave fair. birth to her white babies, though. So.
4: Oh, yeah, that's right, with Brad. Yeah, yeah, and they are beautiful. Okay, that's cool. Now, um, okay, so you got into the arts because of the boy. Mm-hmm. And then what did you find that you excelled at best? I ex- like, how did you know you was quirky or you had a comedic? Were you always, like,
5: you know, crazy and quirky like this? Or? I didn't get crazy and quirky till, like, probably when I was about 10 or 11 when I saw... Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Oh, yeah. And, and I probably always was because people was calling me stupid all the time, right? You got to remember, people was always calling me stupid. And they were always smiling when they said it, but, I, you know, I believed it. So, And they were saying it because I was funny. And when I saw that movie, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, there's a scene in there where the detective says, why are all these people doing these nice things for you, Roger? And Roger goes, because I make them laugh, Eddie. If you make people laugh, they'll do anything for you, please. And I was like, that's the ticket. That's how I'm going to get kids to help me do my homework. Maybe let me copy their tests and be my friend and give me extra coffee cakes at lunch and stuff like that. So, um... Yeah, that's when I discovered that I had uh, a knack for comedy and I was getting put out of class for talking too much and things like that. Sure. And I was getting in trouble a lot in um, school uh, and the social worker was getting tired of coming to my school and she was like, this summer you got two choices, okay? And at that point I had already won like two drama competitions. So I was in school, we had these um, competitions where like all the schools of the LA Unified School District in Southern California would get together and we would do monologues or or you do Shakespeare plays and stuff like that. And and I won one time for a Macbeth play, now I want another thing for doing a monologue of. Wait, um, you did Macbeth? Yeah, I did Macbeth. Do you remember any of it? Uh, I was a witch in it one time, and then we got second place when I was um, the uh, Lady Macbeth. <laughs> but uh, I do remember "Double, double, toil and uh-huh. trouble,
4: uh-huh. God's <laughs> burning." <laughs> boiling that's double. funny yeah. that you were able to uh, memorize your lines and stuff like that, especially in that dialect. Everybody been calling you stupid, and you didn't think you. Yeah, but, could, see, but you I did. was super good at. Getting getting someone to read something to me and oh. I could
5: memorize it instantly. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I might not have been able to read, but you could say something to me and it sticks. Yeah, you, like, learn, and you I was, learn
4: audio. You yeah, learn and audio. I
5: was like always on some, uh, like I had all these techniques on how to cheat. Like I could completely write a book that would be amazing on the on how to cheat and get away with it <laughs> when it comes to schoolwork and whatnot and how to like motivate your friends to give you the answers to test. And
4: whatnot. So how did you get into the Laugh Factory school with Jamie Masada.
5: Yeah, so my social worker was getting tired of coming up to the school because I was getting put out of classes because I'd make everybody laugh and do all this stuff. And so um, my social worker was like, you got two choices, Laugh Factory comedy camp or psychiatric therapy. Which one you want to do this summer? And I was like, which one gonna have me on drugs? She said, you definitely gonna be on drugs if you go to therapy. So I went to the comedy camp and that's when my whole world opened up i was 15 uh, oh, i was 16, 15 almost 16 Does jamie still have that he still has a okay. comedy camp but this is the first summer that we have not been able to do it mm-hmm. um but you participate every, every year, year i participate every single year i come and mentor the kids every year talk to them motivate them show them how to construct a joke like and, it, and you see them open up like sure. cuz they are usually really shy or they're the class clown and it's like, uh, I don't...
4: Or somebody told them they were
5: stupid. Yeah, maybe somebody told them they were stupid. Mm -hmm. But that changed my world because it was the first time a man told me that I was funny or that I was smart. That was the main thing. They kept saying, you're so smart. And I was like, I would be floored because, and then they would tell me I was beautiful and I didn't feel like anything bad was going to happen. And it was like my first time really feeling safe. Like, yeah, in a very safe place and safest place is on stage. And that's I fell in love with that feeling. And that's why I love to perform. I love to get on stage. It is the safest place because you have witnesses if something happens.
4: And the love you get back.
5: Yeah. Even the hate. Sometimes people don't like it. Sometimes people don't like it. But the fact what I love the most is that I'm able to evoke emotion. Right. To be able to evoke emotion in someone, whether it be positive or negative, um, most of the time the emotion I evoke is positive or concern mm-hmm. for me. <laughs> like people are concerned for yeah. my mental being. But
4: um, it is one of the most beautiful feelings in the world for me personally. Um the only rally I did, besides the one I did on Mother's Day with Chaka Khan after Ma Aubrey got murdered, mm-hmm. the only rallies I did was at the Laugh Factory because I felt like that was our... We were there together. Yeah. felt like that was my community, that I would be saved. And, that. Right. and it was a rally, not a march. Not with these <laughs> No, names no, 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 no. We no, just no. stood outside the club and talked mess. Well, speaking of the funny, so you got into the camp with Jamie. You were doing the comedy camp. So how did you decide? I think this is what I really, really, really want to do. Well, because then came movies, a little television. So how did that journey go from inside the laugh factory to outside the laugh factory?
5: Well, uh, I was doing comedy till I got emancipated. Um, once I got emancipated from the foster care system, I became homeless, and so then that's when how I got into working at the airlines. And then I really got depressed and. Basically had a breakdown, like it was like right after I boo boo booed in the shoes, boo <laughs> booed in the shoes. I had like a full on breakdown and um, I ended up in psychiatric therapy and the therapist was like, what brings you joy? What makes you feel good? And I was like, well, hearing people laugh and seeing people smile makes me feel good. When I used to do those comedy shows, that used to be the best feeling in the world. And she was like, why don't you get into, get back into stand up and do it as a hobby? And so I did like, two shows, and then, uh, like, open mics, and then uh, on that second one, somebody saw me and was like, yo, you need to do this event for us, we paying $50 for 15 minutes, I was like, $50 for 15 $10. minutes? I'm there, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm there. Uh, I'm there. Right. And so I went and I bombed terribly, mm-hmm. it, I didn't read the room, I, I had no idea what kind of show I was doing, it was a show for, like, a, a whole a room of lesbians and they were there with their girlfriends and whatnot and all my jokes was like dick jokes and my boyfriend this and my boyfriend that and they was like I got your boyfriend I got something for you in the <laughs> drawer and they were heckling me if I mean they were laughing but they were laughing at the heckler not at what I had to say and I was scared I was like shaking like guys you guys are making me feel like a piece of meat. This is not okay. Like <laughs> but I would not get off the stage because I wanted to get paid for my 15 minutes, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so when I finished uh when I hit my 15 minute mark I was like all right that's it's my time. Good night. and Sorry. <laughs> like, and I got off the stage and I just knew they weren't going to pay me. And they were like, good job, good job sticking it out. And here's your $50. And they gave me the $50. And I was like, I'm doing this for the rest of my life. Like mm-hmm. I didn't even do well at all. And they still paid me. I'm going to stick to this. And it's so funny because I've run into people over the years that t- remind me of that show. And they're like, We saw you had something, you had some potential, you just weren't, you was just fresh. You you were too
4: new, right? You weren't ready. And you didn't come through the Def Jam Comic View era. You didn't do any of that. You made this just... Tiffany, on on
5: my own. On my own, on my own. Be doing like open mics in Santa Monica at cafes, doing open mics at the Laugh Factory. And and then after, I would say after about three months, then the Laugh Factory started letting me host. Mm -hmm. and um, Which they don't let a lot of women host up there. No, they don't. Just FYI people. No, they don't. And um and I was doing really good at that and I would invite like my coworkers from the airlines to come and watch and stuff. <laughs> and um one day uh one of my coworkers was, uh, I guess, at lunch with one of her friends and her friend was an agent. And she's like, I got to find an attractive black female, an attractive black female that's a comedian that could be on this big black comedy show. And she's like, oh, Tiffany Haddish, my friend Tiffany that works at the airport with me, she does comedy. She's really cute. You might want to get her in. So uh they call me. Uh, get my phone number from 411 from information calls me 411 because I stayed listed in <laughs> case my dad was ever looking for me. Mm-hmm. He could find me. That's, that was my thought. And so she calls me and I had just stopped working at the airline. So I thought it was going to be like a, you know, when they called and said, yeah, um, you know, this person gave told me about you and we're doing this show. And so I'm thinking of doing a surprise, like going away party or something. Right. So I dress up Like I'm going to a party. I have my Rockerwear jeans on, my little cute top and little heels and stuff. And I go to the office and I'm waiting for my coworkers to pop out of somewhere, but nobody popped out. And it was like a real agency. And they were talking to me about my life and talking to me about what my goals were. And they're like, do you want to be a movie star or actress? What do you want to do? I say, I just want to do stand up. I just want to make people laugh. That's it. I'm not worried about being on TV or anything like that. And they're like, well, you got to get on TV. And that way, more people see you and then more people come to your shows and that's how you're going to get paid. And I was like, well, I don't really care about being on TV that much. I just want to make people laugh. Like, I just want to do comedy shows all over the world and make people laugh. That's all I want to do. I just want to bring joy. And um, they were like, (laughs) I mean, she's like, you have to get on television. You have to get on television. So she makes me audition for a big black comedy show. I was not ready. I was not ready then and didn't get the job. But I... She started booking me on TV shows like That's So Raven and My Name Is Earl. And like I started getting these small parts.
4: Yeah, because we got your resume here. It's quite extensive. Yeah. Things that people don't know or didn't know you then. And, yeah. they, and they don't know that you And get I was doing
5: that. background work for years. Like, mm. and I made so many friends doing the background work. I would talk to all the PAs and the, you know, ADs, the uh, uh, director's assistants. And, and I would make friends with everybody and I would vi- invite them all to my comedy shows. And I would get tickets from the Laugh Factory and pass them out to all the extras, everybody. And it's so funny because all those people are now... Executives, or their actual directors, or their, you know, production managers, or their casting directors—like there are people that hire people like me, and they—they ne- they always think of me. They never forgive me. Like you, were always so sweet. You always invited me to shows. Nobody would talk to me, and you was the only one that would talk to me. So, like. Okay.
1: to my dreams. I'm getting.
2: national women's month i'm speaking to all my ladies out there it is time for the first sip don't worry men you can participate too for those of you who are new to the show welcome and congratulations for your very first first sip experience to those of you who are not new to the show you know what time it is it's time to grab your glasses your cups your mug maybe your flask whatever you got It's time to take a moment out just for us, just for us to give ourselves a pat on the back to say, hey, congratulations for all that you are, all that you do, all that you are becoming, all that you have shared right here today. I know you're probably just getting your day started but you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the work you did yesterday so we take this moment out together. The first sip or Miss J in the morning to acknowledge that. To take a moment and forget about what you have yet to do what you still need to do, what you wish you had done. No, no, no. This is not the time for that. This is the time for you to say you know what in spite of it all, despite it all I am still amazing. I am still great. I am still wonderful. I am still beautiful. I am still powerful. I am still strong. And so we raise our glasses, our mugs, no matter what we have in it. (laughs) If it's a little libation, drink responsibly. But you can have coffee, tea, water, juice, a smoothie, maybe even a mimosa. No matter what it is, you raise that glass. You raise that mug. You raise that cup. You raise it high and you say, yes, I am. I am, I am, I am. And we're going to take our first sip together. Now, y'all know <laughs> the best part of Miss J waking up is coffee in my cup. And mm, 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 does it not smell good? Girl, but if it ain't coffee for you and it might be tea, no matter what it is, like I said before, let's raise it right now and take our first sip together. Mm, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead and go take a, Take another sip. I'm, I'm taking one, too. Mm. Oh, yeah. Congratulations <laughs> to all of you for participating in the first sip. Let's make this a habit each and every day right here on Miss J in the morning. We're going to take a moment out just for us. Step away from the hustle and bustle of life and take a moment to celebrate you. And if nobody's told you, I'm proud of you and I love you. Let's get right back to the show.
0: Hey, hey, what's up? Yo, this is 50 Cent. What's up, y'all? I'm Beyonce. What's going on? It's your boy Drizzy Drake. And you are now rocking with my homie, my My
4: homie. Catering and hair and makeup are my three best friends. When I go anywhere, I make them my friends immediately. Right. And then I start talking to the grips and see who the macho single guys are. Whatever. Yeah. Do you feel like you were an underdog? Do you put for underdogs? I prefer underdogs for sure because I understand
5: the struggle. I mean, it was many years of struggling, 20 years uh, before Girls Trip came along. And then, like, boom. But, I mean, even before Girls Trip, I had made a name for myself amongst the community. And we worked together on Snoop Dogg
4: Presents Bad Girls a Comedy. Mm -hmm. And we worked on a Reality Bites Back show together. Oh, my God. Don't (laughs) ever mention that again. Oh, don't ever mention that again. <laughs>
5: <laughs> That's what you was like being a stripper or something oh, like that.
4: Oh, <laughs> anyway, okay. Um now, where's this craziest place you ever did stand up at?
5: I feel like the craziest place I've ever done i st- I've done it in some crazy places, in barber shops, at baby showers and backyards with mud everywhere. Um, yeah, I've done comedy in the hospital, the old folks' home, in, in the geriatrics homes. That, those have to be the craziest shows. The, Craziest thing happened in one of those is a guy was sitting with this lady and they were older for sure in their like 70s or 80s and another woman comes in and she's like, get away from my man in the middle of my set and a full on fight broke out between the two women. But it was like in slow motion, "Ah, ah," (laughs) like a slow motion fight. And I was just like, wow, old people fighting. This is crazy. Um, But he must have had some fire in them diapers he had
4: because them women was mad about it. I did a comedy in a a laundromat one time in San Francisco. It was called the Brainwash. (laughs) And you could literally get on stage and do something and um, run and put some fabric softener in your shit and then come back. And get back on stage, it was cray cray. That is
5: cray, but I feel like that's wonderful. Like, anywhere there's a stage, anywhere people are willing to listen, I'm willing to perform, you know?
4: Absolutely. Now, okay, since you mentioned Girls Trip, we're gonna go down that road. All right. So, did you have to audition for that?
5: Yeah, I auditioned for Girls Trip, and I had to audition like four times, I mm-hmm. think maybe five. There's a lot of auditions. I had to pre read with the cast and director's assistant. Then I uh, uh, read pre-read, pre-read again with the cast. And what the agency
4: there. were you with then?
5: Uh, at that time, I was with APA. Yeah, and it was so funny because I had just did Keanu and a lot of the crew that was working oh, on yeah, Keanu yeah. was working on Girls Trip because it was shooting oh, in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And a, a bunch of the crew was, that was working on it was sending me the script like, you need to get on this movie. I read it. It's like, when you were here last summer, like, you got to get, get in this movie. This is you. This is you. And... Um, as I'm reading it, I'm like, oh, this, this is me. By... Like, yeah. So I'm telling my agent, like, hey, the, these crew members keep sending me this script. Like, you got to get me an audition for this. And they're like, oh, yeah, Tiffany, they only want to see names. They only want to see names. I said, well, you tell them that I've had a name since 1979 and it's Tiffany motherfucking Hattie. Mm-hmm. And let me get in there. So I had to do the pre-read, then another pre-read, then the, the audition. And then I went to the final one, which was with the uh, director. And then it was on Skype. It was a then dire- mm. it was so I was in the casting director's office, but he was on a computer and mm. then like I was a little uncomfortable because at that point. Skyping was only for like Talking dirty to my guy, So I was like I was like I'm gonna tell you right now uh, If I start like Undoing my sh- Button in my shirt Or Start leaning way. forward Or start doing something like this Just know that uh, You need to reel me back in Cause That's what <laughs> I do on the Skype And so He was like laughing And we did it And then he gave me all these adjustments He's like Can you do it less urban Can you do it this way That way So All less these different urban. ways Less urban less urban, Cause less I was doing it, You know I was bringing Tiffany Hottie to it so and then I would
4: change it you didn't really one. get the less urban part because it was pretty urban in the movie right right
5: I mean he he wanted and I
4: was funny he was Which like is less funny urban. I usually say can you do a more urban. Right. Or that's weird. Right. He was like, Can you do less urban,
5: like more college educated? And I was like, Yeah, okay. You wanna like fast? Uh-huh. And I can't. Ooh, <laughs> this is crazy. We're gonna get wild tonight, girls. Like he was like, All right, bring it back to this. Or so, like he kept giving me all these adjustments. Yeah. And um and he said like and then I found out like two days before we had to start rehearsals, he's like they called me and said, you're going to go to New Orleans. You got the part. You're going to be working with Queen Latifah, Jada Pinkett Smith, and Regina Hall. And I was like, oh, my
4: gosh. Right, right, right.
5: Packing my clothes up Had eyes. you met
4: any of them before? before Not that hadn't met any of them. So those relationships were formed on Girls Trip.
5: On Girls Trip. We had like two days, three days of rehearsal. And then, bam, we're shooting. And when I first got there, uh, and, 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 uh I want to call her by her name, Dana, Queen Latifah, she was on the same flight I was on. And... Like, I got, I have this, like, thing where, like, I don't necessarily like putting my bags in the overhead myself. So there was a man already that was sitting in the seat next to me. So when I got on the plane, I was like, oh, excuse me, sir, can you help me with my bag? Can you put it up for me? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can do it. I was like, thank you, thank you. And then I seen her, and I was like, girl, we finna be working together. We working together real soon. And she was like... Uh, Oh, okay. (laughs) Weirdo. (laughs) I'm sure she thought I was crazy. And then the next day, I go to the director's office, and I'm in there talking with him. And and I say, well, what made you want to hire me? And he goes, look... Is a lot of people came in for the job and I watched everyone's audition tapes over and over. He said, but every time I watched yours, I laughed every single time. And I said, with this, this movie already has big names in it. And then I need somebody that can make everybody laugh. And he said, every time, even though I knew what was coming, you made me laugh every single time. And so that's how I got the job. And then in walks Queen Latifah. She was like. Oh, you
4: believe it, Dina? I told you we were working I was like, together. I told you we were working together. <laughs> she was like, oh, this is going to be a mess. This is going to be a mess. Regina seems amazing. She is. Love Regina. She is. And then you got very, very close with little Jada. Yes, yes.
5: Jada is my
4: girl. That's like my have you little Have talked sister. to Jada since the entanglement? I have not
5: talked to Jada since the entanglement. <laughs> I have not. Uh, I don't uh, have nothing to say about that. People <laughs> think I don't know how to keep secrets, but I do. I'm sure. Uh, well, yeah. Because that ain't none of my business. You know, that don't have none of, When it doesn't deal with me, I'm not really speaking on it. Because, mm-hmm. it, I, yeah, I had nothing to do with that.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I watched it. Me neither. I sat back and I watched. And I ain't mad at little August. Hey, August. <laughs> Holler at your girl. Handsome. Hey, handsome. Hey, handsome. Okay, so now you're moving on. You did girls trip. It was a blockbuster, still is. Can you, um? what was it like to, you know, everybody wants to get in that thing that puts them over, you know? So this was the thing that puts you over. Right. Right? But in my mind, you know, it's funny that this,
5: you know, Girls Trip was a thing that like made me blow up. But in my mind, I had blew up when I did the Arsenio Your Hall show. In my mind, that was enough. Like, I could (laughs) have, right? (laughs) Like, when you did it, it was like, Arsenio, that's it. I made it. Like, to me, that was enough for me. And But God had other things in store.
4: What do you have to say to people who felt like you got put on for Girl Strip, but not necessarily for your comedy? And then you had a lot of comedy dates. And do you feel do you feel you're a better actress or a better comedian? I feel, well, you know,
5: I don't care what anybody says, to be honest. I don't, I don't give do a damn because people feel? buy tickets, right? But I feel I'm a, I feel like I'm a very good comedian. I wouldn't say I'm the best comedian in the world, because I still have a lot of growing to do. Um and it's only gonna get better with time and more experiences that I have. My comedy, I talk about me, my journey, my experiences. And and I'm hoping people can relate to it or go on this journey with me, right? Uh It's to some people that might not be funny. Maybe they just want to hear boom, boom. Like, I'm not the boom, boom. I'm a storyteller. And that's that's what I do. So if people don't like that, don't come to the show.
4: So <laughs> like, how did you... Most um, people
5: come to the show and they say they have a good time from my experience, Now, I have had bad shows. Except
4: for New Year's Eve.
5: And still, you know, still... See, here go the thing. A majority of those people was they was upset. Right. Majority was upset. But then there was still a lot of people that was like, I had fun. That thought that was great. I thought it was funny. But it's it's all in the eye of the beholder. Right. And I would say if I was sitting in that audience, I personally would say, yeah, Tiffany was off her game. She wasn't bringing it. Um, I would agree with them. You but know?
4: you always copped to that later about, look, it was New Year's Eve. I have been in town for a day or so. I have been lit. I didn't get enough rest. Man, I thought my
5: kidneys was going to fall out (laughs) of my body when I was up there. When I tell you my soul left my body and was over here like I'm not I'm not playing with you today. You need to be asleep. This is stupid. Why are you even doing this? And I learned a very valuable lesson that if my instrument isn't together, if my body isn't ready, I cannot push my I can push. But it's not gonna be the best. It's not gonna I'm not gonna be able to deliver.
4: People don't realize the elements that it takes to really put on. Yeah, I came
5: from literally came from doing a
4: movie, Mm
5: -hmm. right? Working 17 hour days, no vacation really that whole year. Been in my bed maybe 20 sometimes. Like I hadn't been in my house. I hadn't been able to be with my family. Like I was exhausted. I really did not take into consideration that I'm older, that I can't be putting myself through this. We like it, it was the best learning lesson. Mm-hmm. And I survived. Like I didn't die. My kidneys didn't fail. My liver didn't hired. Up. Yeah. And I still kept working. And I would, even if nobody in Hollywood was like, I'm not hiring no more, I would still be able to do stand up. Like I'm, I'm There's comedians I know for a fact that have done worse shows than the show I did that (laughs) night, and they work constantly. Okay, so and nobody's perfect every day at work, and I mean I even talked about that in my special that I got nominated for a a, she ready an Emmy for they ready yeah they they ready ready got nominated plus. She ready? uh no black mitzvah. Black Tiffany mitzvah. Haddish Black Mitzvah got nominated
4: for it. What's that Emmy. like to be nominated for an Emmy girl? It's
5: nice. It's nice because you're being recognized by your peers, right? By people that are in the industry with you and they're saying, Hey, I see your hard work and I think you did a good
4: job. And I appreciate that. When we were talking previously about underdogs, um, the people that you put on for are they ready, mm-hmm. um, Ada and um Ida, yeah, Ida, Ida. Ida. Ida Flame. Flame. Tracy, Ashley, Marlo,
5: Williams, yeah, yeah, uh, uh-huh. yeah. Those April are Macy. those
4: are what I would call underdogs as well. They don't get, but now you've unleashed them. And that's the power that you can have to reach back and get somebody. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've always
5: told them from the beginning, when I first met all of them, like hey, if I ever get anywhere in life, I'm pulling you with me. If I ever get on top, I'm pulling you with me. And I've kept my word. And they all are shocked. Like, wow, you really, you really came back for us. I can't believe you, you did this. And I'm like, believe it. I, if I say I'm going to do it, that's what I'm going to do. If if it's in my power to make something go, I'm going to make it go. Period.
4: How was your experience on the last OG? You know, I did an episode. Yeah. Did you see my episode? Yes, I did. <laughs> you did very good, very very good. <laughs> that was a star studded episode. It, it sure
5: was. Like, everybody was in. It. I was like, wow. <laughs> everybody not... was there but me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. But um, that was uh, was that your no? That wasn't your first series though, right? Mm-mm. What, what, what was the? The name and order of your series that you worked on. Well, I worked on a few series, but right.
5: I, the uh, it's been a few. <laughs> Pull up the resume, look, right. because uh, it's been a few. I mean, I did the Carmichael show. I was on If Loving You Was Wrong, uh, Tyler Perry series. I was on. Uh, um, How'd you like working with Tyler? I love working with Tyler. Tyler has to be the fastest. Like Turn when it around, comes to, like, yeah. Yeah, and you get get home in time to cook yourself some dinner. What do you
4: think about that
5: studio? I love Tyler Perry Studio. It is the most monumental, beautiful facility I've ever been to. And to know that that place was all filled up with Confederate soldiers, wow. and now it's owned by a black man that's creating all kind of projects. I'm like, You know, yes. we
4: filmed Coming to America on that studio. That's what's up. And on my YouTube channel, I got a, a tour of the studio. Uh-huh. But just to, if you think about all the movies that Halle Berry has done for Hollywood, that RC Davis and Ruby Dee done for Hollywood, that Cecily Tyson has done for Hollywood. Yeah. And not now one of these studios will put their name on a building. And Tyler put like 12 like different right. studios. He even
5: put Spike Lee name on the building. And Spike Lee be talking crap about him. And he's like, look, bro, it's business. Yes. You know, and, yeah. and, and he, what I love about Tyler is he recognizes. It makes you cry.
4: It make you cry when you go on that stage. I'm
5: telling you, because he recognizes people's struggle. He recognized your hard work, blood, sweat, and tears, and what you have done for the community. And what he did for all his cast members, he gave them all stars. stars. Like, he's like, Hollywood might not give it to you, but I'ma give it to you. I low key
4: was mad about Coco Brown. I said, damn, damn, uh, Coco, no, now I called her I'm like. Her so star you got though. a star, huh? <laughs> but she earned her star though. She didn't work star she... They all did. Yeah, they all did. Yeah, they. Like you worked work. with Tika Sumpter. Yeah, and Tika. Tika
5: is everything. I love Tika. That's Aww. like ah, we became sisters.
4: She's so so <laughs> so, so, so fun,
5: so, so smart, so down to earth, so real, like. And all her stuff, knew all her lines like bam, bam, bam. Technically, like, cause I guess she used to that machine. I was like, I know my lines, but where do
4: where do I go? Okay, all right, Ash, let's go. <laughs> So then Kevin picks you up, Night School. Yeah, Night School.
5: But see, Kevin, I was on his series before, Real Husbands of Hollywood. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. We both were on there. And I yeah. was a reoccurring character on there. That's why I'm like, I don't I know which series. But
4: <laughs> <I> <laughs> Kevin
5: always looked out. Like, I mean, I was homeless and we was doing that comedy playground up at the Laugh Factory where we just do sketches and do all these crazy things at a live show. And he seen all that stuff in the car and he was like, what's going on with you? Right. Like, he actually cared and communicated with me and helped me and gave me a, a plan, gave me a way to create a plan anyways.
4: Then um, voiceover, you like doing voiceover? Love doing voiceover. Angry Birds? Yes. Yeah. Angry Birds, Lego
5: movie, Tuka and Birdie. Like, yeah.
4: No, you did not do Pimp My Ride.
5: Yep, I was on Pimp My Ride.
4: Now nah, I'm jealous.
5: I was on pimp my ride. They didn't, pin, they didn't pimp my ride. I'm like, they you pin, got your ride pimped? Not my ride. My homegirl's ride. And I was on there like, as her friend, saying, watching your car fixed."
4: Oh. So, yeah.
5: Yep. And exhibit. I was in an exhibit music video.
4: Which one? X. Oh. Dum 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 dum. And
5: it was so cool because it was this huge crowd of people, and he noticed me out of all the people, probably because I had my airline uniform on, and he was like, "Come hang out with us. Come over here with us." Like. I was like, wow, he wants me to be around. I'm in an
4: airline uniform. <laughs> How'd you feel about doing Kids Say the Darndest Thing? I Did you know love, about Art Link Letter back I then? I definitely
5: knew about Art Link Letter. I remember being a kid and watching like reruns of Art Link Letter show, and then when uh, Cosby came out with his version I watched that too and I was just like dang why I can't be on that show I want to be on that show mm-hmm. and I used to always say that like to my grandma like I really want to be I really want to be on Kids Say the Darnest Thing she's like girl you 17 you too want to be
4: on that show like and now not teenagers say the darnest thing yeah, kids say the darnest thing I know thing.
5: but it's so funny because now I'm working on this show right and I'm with these children and I realize how smart and how informed children are today. Too, and too how, smart,
4: too informed.
5: I don't think they're too smart or too I informed. I I think it's it's perfect because what they're saying a lot of times, what they say is so true. Adults are afraid to say these things, and children are afraid. They they don't have like a sense of. They don't have that sense of fear yet of being saying what they think, you mm-hmm. know, and I think it's so beautiful in the way that they think about things. And, and I just feel like it brings so much joy to people. It brings me a lot of joy anyways.
4: OK, so joy. So let's talk about these men's mm-hmm. and then I want to talk about her. OK, OK, so these men's. Well, you're in a relationship right now, mm-hmm. but uh some of the people, like, um, what was up with you and Drake? What was this Drake thing about? I had no relationship with Drake whatsoever. But you wanted to have a relationship. I was cool. Like, like
5: I, I would explore it if he was trying to, you know,
4: I would, I would with see what kid. it's like. Mm-hmm.
5: I'm Like, what kind of personality do we got? What's, you know, what's the tea with him? But, um... Yeah, he had slid in my DMs. I had no idea. He I ran did. into yeah, and I ran into him at a party. He was like, "Man, I was in your DMs. I'm trying to get you to do my music video." I was like, "Oh, I didn't know you was in my DMs. Like, I don't even check that." And then I look and I see that he was in there, and I was like, "Oh yeah, here you are, right here." He was like, "Yeah, uh, shoot me your folks' number and like let's get you in this video." I was like, "All right, cool." So then I did the video, and then he's like, "I'm gonna take you to dinner. I'm gonna take you to dinner because I want to oh, know who bid Beyonce." You right now. He was like, "I want to know who bid Beyonce." My mama keep on asking me who did. It, who did it and oh, i was like ha, ha, i was like i'm definitely not gonna tell you until you feed me and then like it was funny because we were supposed to go out but then he's like i got a family emergency and it was around the same time when when the whole stuff with the baby came out his baby and all that
4: But the stripper so,
5: yeah well i don't you know i know she's a woman who was making a living
4: i understand i Anyways, don't make a baby yeah
5: well and then she made a baby which is making a living it's, in it's a it's life.
4: all on him because you should have had on a condom. That part.
5: That part. I mean, I would have definitely made sure there was a condom in place if we would have would not. I would
4: have had that baby. <laughs> How could At 50 be? years old, I would have had Drake's baby. What? <laughs> <man. laughs> Well, I'll, you still have Drake, it. I'll risk it. Have your I'll risk it. I'll risk it. I'll probably die in childbirth. No, you wouldn't. You're Ooh. strong. You strong. And, me and me and Drake.
5: Yeah, uh, yeah. That would be something if you and Drake had a baby. Drake likes the girls really now. He
4: need. he just haven't met me yet. That part. But when you meet me, I'm sure he's gonna love you. Well, me. his daddy probably
5: will love you I too. I'm thinking about his daddy. His daddy be trying to holler. His
4: daddy is a mackadocious. I
5: like him. I call him the black inspector gadget. <laughs> <laughs>
4: We have a good Mo's time. Sad. We laugh
5: a lot, but yeah, I'm not, I don't want to date him. And I told Drake, like, you get your daddy. I'd much rather be your baby mama than your than your mama. Yeah, right. Get your dad.
4: That So what about this Chingy situation?
5: Oh, yeah. So when I was in my early 20s, like really getting my comedy career going, um, I had went to a concert and Chingy was performing at the concert and I was backstage with my friends. And he came up to me. He was like, wow, you beautiful. What do you do? And I was like, I'm a comedian. He was like, bullshit. You ain't no comedian. I was like, no, I'm a comedian. I'm but a- his
4: little country has. He's yeah. so
5: cute. Yeah. Dude. He was like, come with us to this club. Come with us to this. So I went with him to the club, me and my friends. And we. And then he was like, invi- every time he come to L.A., he invited me to hang out. And I was like the like kind of like the clown of the group, like yeah. always cracking jokes and stuff. And then one night we went out and um we ended up hooking up but it was it was like that's that like we've been drinking and smoking some weed and like kind of tired so and it was kind of like sleepy sex like not really anything all that Mm -hmm. great and then um then he invited me to his uh music video set yeah, whatever, like maybe two days later and I go to the music video set and he's making out with one of my friends like he's hooking up with one of my homegirls. You girls. know he
4: tried to deny this shit, you know that, Yeah, right? I, know, I know he what did. What up with that, he, Chingy? He,
5: he, he probably didn't remember because drinking and all of this and it wasn't that fantastic. <laughs> right. And so, and then he hooked up with one of my friends and I was like pissed about it. So then his brother had been pushing up on me as it was. And so then I was like, I ended up hooking up with his brother.
4: And okay. his brother knew.
5: I was like, you know, I you know I already hit your brother. You know I did it to you. He's like, I know you did it to my brother. I'm not tripping. And he he was like, he messing with her. And I was like, cool. And then she was pregnant too. That was the other thing. She and I was and he like, he
4: liked the way she do it, right there, so, right? there. So he
5: was hooking up with her. So then I hooked up with his brother. And then I was like, kind of just faded away from them. And like was like, Yeah, I'm not really that girl that's like hook up with the rappers and all that. I'm not that chick. Like and so, um, I just got focused, zeroed in on the comedy, and then years later, Ellen's like, "What celebrities have you hooked up with?" And I'm like, "Well, the only one at that point, the only one I hooked up with was Chingy."
4: What about um? Okay, because I'm 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 all over the place right now. I'm gonna come back to the relationship thing. I met Chingy in the Marathon Store. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That he was, you know, they were letting certain celebrities in uh-huh. to get there, and I had already ordered merchandise on the website
2: wakey it's
4: breakfast time. Morning is upon us.
2: It's Miss J in the morning. In the morning. In the morning. Miss J, Miss J, Miss J in the morning. Miss J,
1: Miss J,
2: Miss J in the morning. Hey ladies, it's March and our sponsoring organization, Pumps for Women, Inc has a bunch of events and conferences and amazing goodies in store for every woman around the globe. Make sure to follow us on social media, Pumps for Women Inc. on Facebook and Instagram. Make sure to like and share and also visit our website for a ton of news, updates, and find out how you can become a member. Pumps4Women P-U-M-P-S purpose uplifting mentoring positivity. And sisterhood right here on Pumps Radio. Uh, uh, uh,
6: uh, uh, yeah, i beat my face moving fast because i I'm Uber on the way. Taking pictures, make sure you can see no less. That we secure like the money in a safe. I look like it. You know, when I'm about a mile away, when I'm outside, please don't make me wait. The party's hot, and when we pull up to the gate, cause we're so late, I'm just with the crew. We're not here looking for boo. Cause some nights be better with you. It's a hope we slowly kind of mood. And tonight. you oh oh that's just what i do
4: And that's where I met Chingy. That Nipsey thing really took us out, didn't it? Broke my heart. Because you had a real relationship with yeah. Nip's
5: family and everything. Yeah, his dad was my dad's, like, best friend when they first came to America. They was going to the Century Club together. The Century Club
4: where he, he met his mama.
5: Yeah, and, and my like, it's crazy because, like, me and Chingy were talking about going to Africa together and, like, trying to put together, like, a a show and, like, bring light to the country and and um, and we was, like, planning this whole thing out if, to go for independence and, like, really inspire people and, you know, bring awareness.
4: And then
5: you know, somebody I'm took them. I'm an old-grown
4: woman, and I don't think I'll ever get over that. And plus, you know where I live. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, like, every day. Every day, murals and paintings and paintings right. and murals. They got the Victory Lap, um... Thing over there about a movie theater that they better not never take down. They better never never take take that that down. down. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a hard one. Um But we used to talk about all the stuff we was gonna do
5: in the community, like how we gonna put South Central on the map, how we gonna put Africa on the map. Like this is actually somebody that I was like, we gonna create something dope. You
4: know Well, the thing that you're talking about doing now is creating a black grocery store, right? Right, right. In the
5: community, y'all yeah, want right? to do a co-op grocery store? I want to so go in
4: with you on that.
5: Okay, would you definitely come I wanna on? Go in come with on, because everybody. So you that, put all
4: black. You said black products in the grocery store. Exactly, right? black. And that was products. one of Nip's things about entrepreneurship in the community. Right.
5: And making sure the money circulates in the community. community. And when you do that, then you bring the community up. People are able to get their children educated properly. They're able to put money behind the politicians that really care about our agenda. We're able to have some say. So I keep hearing the police. When the whole like the marching and all this stuff and I hear police talking about, well, we're here to protect the owners. We're here to protect the owners. We have to protect the business owners. If we open up this grocery store and make it a co-op and every person that's a member is an owner. Now you have to protect all of us.
4: Uh, So you would think. Well, so I know. I know
5: this is going to happen. I know.
4: Well, we're going to I believe I just said it.
5: It's going to be done.
4: I'm I'm down with the minute you said it. Because I said we always got to go to the white grocery store to get our products. But but every now and then you get a black market like Buddha. Yeah. Like I love Bloomberg. me some yeah, Buddha yeah. market. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Buddha mm-hmm. market. Yeah. But we need the grocery store for sure. Yeah. So.
5: And I want to have cooking classes in that grocery store. Mm-hmm. And then also, because I feel like, why, how are you selling something, but don't teach anybody how to use the products? Well,
4: when it. they took um, Home Ec out of school. Yeah.
5: There went that. Yeah. Well, and when they took Home Ec out of school, they removed the ability for people to know how to take care of their children. Mm. Then fast food companies go up because they don't know how to cook meals. Right now. Mm. Now the medical situation is uh, inclining because people's health is declining because Mm. they're eating all this fast food. It's like a it's like a good way to murder you without right out killing. It's 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 all a
4: plot. It's all a plot. Because if you go up there by where your friend lives now, it ain't no fast food in his neighborhood. No, you're
5: only high class restaurant.
4: Right. It ain't no fast food. No. And speaking of your friend, So you're in a nice, healthy, wonderful that's relationship I've been in right my now. whole life so far. And common is not so common. He's rare, isn't he? Yeah, he's special. And I, I call cha- him Rashid. Rashid. I had By a chance to match. observe you two together. And I think that, you know, uh, Rashid has been with some really heavy hitters in the past, but they weren't funny. <laughs> and so I feel like yes, you've
5: ran- huh? you been with some funny women.
4: Well, well, okay. I think Erica can probably be funny sometime.
5: Erica is hilarious and yeah. Regina, Regina's hilarious.
4: How did I not get none of that? Okay, anyway, too <laughs> late now. But yeah, you, um, I got a chance to observe you too. And I just think that you bring a light to him that he's very appreciative of. And he brings a light to me that I'm super
5: appreciative of. Like, I've never been in a relationship with a man where it didn't feel like a competition, where it didn't feel like I need to dim my light, I need to be smaller for him. Oh, and like then remember you were telling myself. me
4: about the commercial, you know, the commercial y'all did for the um, for B- online Bumble. dating yeah. Yeah, for Bumble. And that, and you said that was sort of like what you guys were going through. He was out of town, he was out of town, he going back and forth, back and forth. And he had to get your bumble on for a while.
5: Yeah, yeah, get our bumble on. So, what does he think about your hair? When I cut it all off, and um, he saw it, he was like, "You look so beautiful. That is that." He's like, "Tiffany, you look amazing, like a queen. Like you're so beautiful." And I
4: was like, <laughs> "Thank Do you." Do you feel liberated now that you're not? Um, with you know, I mean, you can still put on wigs for work. Right, right. I, I feel like I've always felt liberated, but now I
5: feel like there's less stress.
4: Get up two hours, got to do your hair. Yeah, got to do
5: all this stuff to my hair or braid it down and it's super tight. Now I got a headache or they are pulling it in a bun and it's super tight. Like, I'm loving my little fat head. Like, I got a middle me head. Word on
4: the street was that you did it for a movie, but you really didn't. I didn't do it for no movie. I did it for me. I did
5: it because I've always wanted to, like, my whole thing is like God put us here to learn. I feel like God put us here to make the earth better, right? And to learn yourself. I feel like it's about like, because I, once I turned 40, I realized people really don't give a fuck about you. They really care about themselves. Everybody's in it for themselves, and if they care about you, it's because how you make them feel. It's about, it's always about themselves. And so, if I'm, a, if if I know me really well, right? Nobody can tell me about me. Nobody can put, paint this picture about me uh, because I know me. And if I'm, if I can wake up every day and look at myself in the mirror and be like, I love you. I'm so glad you're here. I'm here for you. Then it, it's a great thing. But how do you, re- like, I wanted to know me from head to toe. I know where all my moles are, mm-hmm. right? I know where every single mole is, every single ding, scratch, the bruise, uh. uh the how scars. I got this cut,
4: how I got yeah. that burn. And
5: then I'm like, but I don't know nothing about here. Mm-hmm. I don't know nothing about my crown, my head. And I see these men walking around, they be like, yeah, baby, yeah. Like, They, they, they seem like, chill relax and I'm like I want to cut my hair off and I want to see what my scalp looks like how many moles do I have I got two right one here one here and then I got in the back these gashes in the back of my head that I forgot all about and then when I looked at them and I'm looking at them I'm like oh my god I remember that I remember how this happened I remember how that happened and just like how you know my mom was just trying to make things work and she didn't have the resources for certain things. I had a i I had a, I thought this like I had stitches over here. Right. But I thought it was on this side of my head. Mm. All these years, I'm thinking it's on this side of my head. That's I'm like, that's why this side is a little lopsided. That's why I got headaches on this side because I got stitches over here. No, nope, it's over here. It's over here. <laughs> like, so then
4: I'm just like, well, I'm delusional. Why? like, you know, I just feel. You know, of course, I've been wearing my hair short for a long, long time. I've only been that short one time. That's when I left the beach in too long. <laughs> my daughter has never seen me without blonde hair. Uh-huh. Um, but I just feel like you shave off a good like three hours a day of your life, not messing with your doggone hair. Hair. Yes. It
5: feels so good. It does.
4: And and you can, you know, a lot of women are cheating themselves out of a good life because of their hair. You don't want to ride on a motorcycle. You don't want to swim in the ocean. You don't want to have rough sex. You don't want, you want, to, don't be want, you don't want to be in the rain. When I tell
5: you the first time I stepped outside. So I was in Mississippi when I cut it and I went outside and it started to rain and it felt like. God was giving me a million little kisses all over my head. It felt like I was being blessed or baptized again or like in all these sensations. I'm like 40 years on this planet and I've never felt these things before. How I get like, like, you know, they said a the hair stand up on the back of your neck. Actually, it stands up all on the back of my head when I like things, people say things or do things or get those goosebumps all over. I'm like, like it's the most amazing sensations. The and then son. they take,
4: uh, they take, and an, an, they take a situation like that, and then they taint it by comparing you with Britney Spears when she had her little break. Yeah, down. but I don't have
5: Britney Spears' money. Let's be honest, okay? Nor do I have Britney Spears' problems, okay? None of yes. none of those none of those issues. It, 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 she got a mama and a daddy who were willing to take care of her and, and provide for her if she has a mental issue. If I had a mental issue as a black woman. In America, whose mom already's mental or whatever. I see what they did to my mama. They put you in handcuffs and they throw you in a mental institution. First they put you in jail. Then they realize you got a problem. Then they put you in a hospital for some time. Then they put you in an institution and none of your family come. Like any, if your family try to come, it's difficult to get to you. Like. And, and I got a psychiatrist. I keep this brain in check because I watched my mom go through it. I keep my mind in check. And I, that's why I'm always like so honest about how I feel and what I'm going through because I don't want to have, I don't want to end up that way. And if I do end up that way, I want to make sure I have a good support system around me. Yeah. And I do got a good support system, but I don't got no mama and daddy to be no conservators for me. And she, I'm my mama conservative. My, my sister, my mama conservative. Maybe my sister will look out for me too. I doubt it,
4: though. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you know, you just really never know. You
5: don't know till you, you really go through it. Know. You don't you know really till you go through know. it. And I've had some mental issues, and when I had them, cutting my hair off was not a, not something I wanted to do. You know, that was that was not anywhere in the agenda. But
4: I just think that it's so. Like I've I've had to do movies or shows where I had to wear wigs before. It drove me in same. I could never be one of them church ladies with the wig on. I'd be done flung it across the church aisles because I get too hot. Yeah, I get to. I'll
5: just imagine putting that wig on, and then you. Ha- I have a lot of hair, like right, and it's thick, and they have to braid it down, and they got to pull it super tight, yeah, and super little. Pens. So Listen, now I got that. headaches, and there's pins and needles stabbing me in the head, and there's all these things combs, and like it's just. A lot. It's and now lot. when I put a wig on, it's like putting on a comfy, comfy little hat. <laughs> yeah. And it's like nice. And, it's, and it looks really real growing up my head because my hair doesn't have it rising up, looking like right. I got a hard hat on. Right. you know. Right. And I call wigs hard hats now because I wear them for work.
4: What do you want? What are the, some of the things that you want to accomplish in the next, let's say, five years?
5: In the next five years, I want to open up um, a studio. Uh, which Tyler has been teaching me how to do. Uh, I want my grocery store open. Well, it'll be the community's grocery store. Our grocery store. Our grocery (laughs) store will be open, uh, which will be enhancing the community. And hopefully it spreads across the country and, and, you know, everyone has some ownership in there where their food comes from. And, um, you know, I want to be happy. And I I am happy right now. And I want to continue that feeling of joy. And I would... Love to be a part of something that um, enhances our people.
4: You're going to uh, produce more projects?
5: Oh, yeah. I'm producing many projects right now. Multiple projects. We might right. be in one, huh? Oh, we definitely going to be. <laughs> we definitely. Look, lo- when I tell you we working together, we working together.
4: That's really great. Um, okay, kids. What do you feel about kids? I'm probably going to adopt um, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to,
5: I'm going to m- most likely, you don't want to birth
4: no baby. <laughs> you got to do it once. Listen, if I could squeeze out a baby, which I didn't, I got a C-section. So my <laughs> vagina's pristine, like 17 years old. But, um, don't you want to maybe just try it one time? Just once. I feel like that's not my purpose. I think, I, that, think, I think you should do it.
5: Okay, you can you can try to push me into that, but <laughs> I've watched, I've seen too many, th- I've seen so much pain and suffering. Um, and kids are beautiful. They're a wonderful gift from
4: God, right? Until tell them double digits, and, and they don't but.
5: Mean- even when the double digits here, you still love them you're still happy that they're here on this yeah, planet right shit. and you're looking at the mini version of yourself growing up right that's and what I'm
4: that's what I'm fucking scared of and
5: I used to say and I used yeah. to say I used to say when I get a million dollars sitting in the bank and I don't have to worry about it I'm, I'll have a kid because then if something happens to me my kid will be taken care of but then as I'm watching you know As a teenager, I watched my a few of my friends be killed by, you know, incidences that they have with the police, uh, just random shootings that happen in these streets, and they weren't committing crimes. They weren't. They just looked like somebody, you know. And I just feel like, man, if I have me a little black baby how, like, I already worry about my brothers. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm always so concerned about my brothers. And I'm concerned about my sisters and my cousins and, like, trying to figure out how to how do I protect them. And, oh, if I get to a certain status of celebrity, that will protect them. But it doesn't really protect you that much. And so I'm just like, I don't know if I would be emotionally strong enough to give birth to someone and then they've been taken away from me. Like, and I've been doing my research on the history of our people. Like there were slaves that would get pregnant, have their baby and they would be coming to take their baby to sell their baby. And they yeah, would kill immediately. it. They would kill the baby before they could take. They were like, I'd rather kill my own baby. And so they don't get than sold let somebody into slavery. sell my child. Right. Yeah. Or take my child away. And I saw how my mom responded to when they took us from her and how her whole mental just, she was already messed up. And then, It destroyed her. It destroyed her. And I'm just like, I need to make sure that whoever, if I had a baby, whoever I have a baby with is so there for me and I'm so there for him and we are really working as a team. And even if we didn't want to be together, no matter what, we are a team for Mm -hmm. this person and we are protecting this person and putting all our knowledge in this person. It would be amazing. Right. But I, I don't know if that's possible. I don't even know if that's possible. How do you
4: feel about...
5: But I do know that if I was a foster parent or if I adopted, there's so many children out here whose parents have been put away to jail and they're never mm-hmm. coming out. Parents who have been killed and slaughtered. like, And there's so many children out here that I know, I know, because I've done it already, that I would be a. Excellent parent. For yeah, that people person. will
4: adopt a dog before they go adopt a, a, a child. child. Yeah, and right. there's more.
5: There's more animal shelters than there are homeless shelters, That's and there's right. so many foster youth that are homeless. There's so many kids that want to love and want to be loved, and if I can. Who are any and I'm not the smartest person in the world, but I'm I'm not no stupid person either. I wouldn't be sitting here right now. I wouldn't be where I'm at it, wouldn't be nominated for no Emmys. I wouldn't, none of that would be possible if I was really truly stupid, like I believed I was.
4: You wouldn't be talking to me.
5: Sure wouldn't, because you know, sure you, would. you
4: wouldn't talk to me. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> no, no, you I wouldn't. wouldn't talk to me. <laughs> I'm like, she's stupid. How do you feel about what's going on in the world right now? Do you feel like the um racial uh, war that we're sort of in right now is going to result in the future changing? Or do you think this is just gonna pass and be talked about? How do you feel about what's going on I'm pretty sure in my gut, things are gonna
5: change. It's gonna be a different world. I feel like in the next like four or five years, we're gonna look around and be like, what? Like, this is different. It's way different. And I'm praying that it's different for the better. Um, or that the aliens really show up and they give all the black people superpowers and we all could fly. And then white people be like, dang, we fucked up. We should have been nicer to them. <laughs> yeah. Because we want to fly, too. They would probably be like, I got 2% black in me. I'm black, too. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know. But that's just a that's a joke. But I really feel like uh, things will get better. It's going to get worse.
4: When we were up there at the Live Factory and we were. This is the first time I have ever in my life seen streets full of white folks sitting down listening to black person after black person after black person. You remember? Yeah. And you talked for a while. I had talked. I said to myself that I said, I don't think I'm going to go back because I don't think I was helping. (laughs) I was just taking out my frustration. And y'all did this and y'all did this and y'all did this. But that is helping because they sometimes they don't know.
5: It's not like they teach the struggle of the black man in school, it's not like they teach in art history in school. Right. Like I, all the things that I've learned about our history, I did not learn it in school. Right. I
4: went and looked for it. I searched. For, I read books it. Which is about why we got to, I think we have to reconfigure the educational system. Right. Well, you know, honey,
5: that's a whole, that's a whole nother agenda because education, let's be honest, there was not a whole lot of school houses in the 1800s. You know, right. it, it was, was
4: against the law. It
5: it, it was to teach yeah. us how to read. Right. Cause if you have the power of knowledge, if you can read, then that means you can get information. You're like, hey, we're that free.
4: Yeah. We've been free. <laughs> yeah, that means
5: you can have power. You can have if you have knowledge, if you can read, you have power straight up. Like cause then you can get information. And as long as you have information and knowledge about something, you can make changes. You can make adjustments. Which is
4: why it's so crazy to me now with the social media, everybody's typing. Like, I don't even know if they still teach cursive in school. Girl. You got to sign your contract. You got to learn how to. And then everything is a video because nobody wants to read books. I like to touch a book. Mm-hmm. I like books. I mm-hmm. have a very extensive black library at my house. And I think that um at some point, you know, we really, really, you know, you know that old fucked up saying they say about us. If you oh, want to yeah. hide something from a black person, put, put it, in it in a, a book. book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that for that to even have ever been said is a shame, you know. But it's the truth. It is. I mean, I used to hide money from my
5: ex and they would,
4: I would hide them in the books. But you know I ain't going to look in that. Hell, they, these kids don't want to read I would a hide three-inch in, text right, message, let alone them in, a book.
5: hide them in comedy books, like how to write comedy, how to this. I would hide money in those books, and that's that's how we
4: like, I know where to look when I come to your house. Yeah, well, I now money.
5: I don't live with that person no more. You're going to have to look in some different places. <laughs> I look in your underwear. <laughs> nope, nope. No? Nope, because I'll be... I stuck look in the, in the freezer. Nope, not in the freezer either. Ah, not a freezer in either. the freezer either. Not in the freezer. I'll, I would never hide nothing in my underwear drawer because I feel like people, that's the first place they look looking.
4: It. They because underwear. they want
5: to smell your panties. <laughs> that's what I think people want. Uh, I caught somebody smelling my panties. I had to let
4: them go. That's that's, uh, that's 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 kind of cool though. <laughs> you know. Well, um last last but not least, okay, so if you were to have a dream cast, right? Mm-hmm. I want you to name me five chicks and five guys that you would put in your dream cast. Okay, me, that's one I will. <laughs>
5: Um, that I haven't worked with or yeah, that I have that worked with already?
4: Okay, that you haven't worked with.
5: That I haven't worked with. Okay, so I would put Meryl Streep, Cicely Tyson. I would put um, Denzel. I would put uh, Michael B. Jordan. I would put... Uh, Ooh, that Michael B. Jordan. Right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. I would put Jessica Biel, because mm-hmm. I just always want
4: to work with Jessica Biel. Flash uh, dance, Jessica Biel. <laughs> Isn't she? Was she? Was it not Jessica Biel? Wait, no, that's Jessica. No, that I forget her name. Oh well, forget not it.
5: the flash dance. Oh, <laughs> no, the one that's married to uh, 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 Justin Timberlake. Right. Oh, okay. Um, I believe her name is Jessica Biel. Yeah. yeah. And then um, I would put uh, who else? Okay, I already worked with her. Um, you know, I already worked with that person. Uh, oh, Eddie Murphy. Mm. Um, I've worked with Dave Chappelle. In comedy, but as far as a movie goes, Dave Chappelle.
4: Um I did a movie with Dave
5: Chappelle. I know you did. I know you did. <laughs> Such a blessing. Such he a was. blessing. And who else? Um, Morgan Freeman. Uh oh, oh, Betty White. I oh, always want to work oh, with Betty White. Betty White. And Carol Burnett.
4: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I always, yeah.
5: And then maybe Brad Pitt
4: or Leonardo DiCaprio. You know, Brad Pitt was in the hood giving out food today. Did you know that? No, no, I did not know that. Yes, him and Flea from the red hot chili peppers. They was bagging up food and Where? Uh somewhere I saw it on the news this morning. Uh. Yesterday gonna... I was
5: giving out laptops to a bunch of foster kids. They had oh. a drive through out of foster youth and like the group home vans and stuff and we was giving them our laptops.
4: Do you have a you have a real affinity for group home kids, right? I have a real affinity for foster youth for yeah.
5: youth that feel abandoned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cuz I would cuz I know how they feel. Sure. Like I have a nonprofit organization, uh, She Ready Foundation, where we give suitcases to foster youth because you get when you get moved around uh, they make you put all your stuff in trash bags yeah. or
4: like grocery bags, and it's like you're garbage. And doesn't it blow you that there's nothing for the kids to do when they age out? Like I used to work with the Kira Foundation, my mm-hmm. friend Brandy's foundation. That was a organization specifically for when you age out. If nobody's adopted you, then where do you go? You got nobody, and you got to get out there. But there are too. a lot
5: of programs, and so- it's, sometimes you get those social workers that don't know. About the different programs that there are available. There's like the independent living program that teaches you how to pay rent, how to like pay your light bill, gas bill. They help you sh- teach you how to grocery shop and stuff like that. Because oh man, so many kids don't even know how to cook a, a basic meal for right. themselves, bacon and eggs. They don't even know how to do that. Like, and then there's there's um, there's other programs. If you end up going to college that will help you pay for the school, pay for your books, that if you get a car, they'll help you pay for your car insurance. There's so many. Programs, I need that program, know, program.
4: Turn me on and that because I know I'm paying too much money on my damn car insurance. Hey, what what is this uh one more thing? Didn't you dabble in the little Scientology for a while? Okay, what was so that about? when I was homeless, when I
5: was homeless, I was standing in line at Central Casting to be a background worker, right? Mm-hmm. And I was living in my car. And this Scientology guy approached me, and he's like, "Hey, this you can come and take these courses, and it'll help you with life and all that stuff. And uh, maybe we can help you find housing." And I was like, "Shit, I'll go." Like, and so I went and took a couple of courses, and then after like my third course. And it was like, I really, they were really helping me read better. Like I could read, but it's still not at a really good level. And they were helping me read better. And I thought, oh, this is cool. And then they asked me to join and be like a worker there, be a part of the flagship. And uh, I was like, oh, uh, well, I'm homeless. So, yeah, I mean... And they said they would give me a place to sleep. I have my own place, and they would give me fifty dollars a month because they would cover all the food and clothing and everything. And so I only I would need fifty dollars for just this enough to
4: needs. buy a little weed, a little <laughs> weed and
5: some maxi pads, right? Yeah. And so then um, I say okay, and I you have to sign this contract, like billion year contract, and yeah. I and I signed it. And then they had me go into these barracks and there was bunk beds. And I don't do yes. bunk beds. I don't, I don't fuck with bunk beds because bad things happen with bunk beds. I have had too many incidences with bunk beds. I don't deal with them, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to make a pallet on the floor. I'm going to sleep over here. They're like, no, you got to sleep in a bunk bed. I was like, I'm not sleeping in no bunk beds. So they was demanding that I sleep in a bunk bed and I went on this rampage I kind of like lost it and was marching up and down the hallways and yelling y'all not finna have me in no bunk bed y'all not finna have me out here like that and then they it probably was like, opened the door for you and <laughs> then, then they you had out. me get on the the cans. The they call them the cans, and like talk about the experience I had with the bunk oh, beds oh I saw but that My Leah uh, yeah. Thing. And my energy never changed on it though they say if you keep talking about it talking about it it changed but my energy never changed on it I was on there for like three hours for hours my energy never changed on why I'm not dealing with no damn bunk beds I don't do it ain't gonna do it don't want to do it and you ain't gonna make me do it white man and white lady and all these and I was scaring all the little white girls that was in that room they were scared as hell and I kept on marching and yelling and stuff and then finally they was like I, they got fed up with me and they tore up my contract and told me to wow, go wow
4: you got out you're lucky you want a lucky <laughs> one 'Cause you did uh the 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 Jehovah Witness stint as well, didn't yeah, you? Yeah,
5: well my grandmother is a Jehovah Witness and to so to this
4: day. Um
5: well she's she's <laughs> she's bedridden now so and like we take care of her but we read the bible to her and everything and then witnesses come and check on her but um yeah she used to take us in field service and all that stuff oh, and like yeah. knocking on doors it's funny how a lot of comedians kind of grew up in that world in that jehovah witness world we could talk can to anybody you imagine
4: prince doing field service he did, girl i would be looking did.
5: forward to him coming to my door i was he like you never gonna... get out
4: again if you come to my door i'm like come on in for a little coffee. There'd you be might like not misery. recognize him at 1st be like misery. Because I seen
5: him at a convention before. His hair was like different and everything was different about him. I didn't recognize him at first. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like, that's Prince right there. I'm like, that ain't Prince.
4: Oh, wow. Well, you know, I, I tell you, Tiffany, Um, I want to thank you for doing this interview with me, specifically. Yeah. I want to thank us for being the two, first two women To do Vlad together. thank you. I'm looking forward to uh, the grocery store information. I'm looking forward to whatever projects we may have in the future. Yes. And um, is there anything you want to say lastly in in your
5: departure? In my departure, all I want to say is uh, I wish everyone joy, happiness, prosperity, and success. And if you ever want to accomplish anything, you need to do one thing towards that goal every single day, and you will accomplish it.
4: There it is. Hey, girl, I want to thank you again, all right? Thank you. Take it easy. You
5: too.
0: With their heads up to the sky still Cause honestly for the same people Life can be so real I'm amazed by all your strength I am And I'm grateful you come So I take this time to stop a moment and show my gratitude for you. I, I put my lighter in the air for you. I see what you're doing, yeah, I see what you go through. Put my lighter in the air, the truth is you're beautiful. Beautiful Now put your lighter in the air for us. Everybody singing together, sing a new song. Put your lighter in the air for love. Oh, many mighty ships are sinking Many stars are falling down And I count it as a blessing That you hold me up now Oh, I can tell that you've been praying Thank God for you all now. Yeah, for you, all. I put my lighter in the air for you. I see what you do and yeah, I see what you go through. I put my lighter in the air, the truth is, you're beautiful. Beautiful. I put your lighter in the air for us. Everybody singing together, sing a new song. I put your lighter in the air for love. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Singing together, sing a new song. But right. you write it in the afterlife. Oh, it's beautiful, beautiful. beautiful. beautiful.
4: Take it over your radio frequency, it's Ms. J in the morning show. Hit
0: me!
1: Ms. J, Ms. J.